Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is a special guest by the name of Margaret Agar. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this lady and we will dive in. So Margaret Agard is an award-winning author of the In His Footsteps Memoirs, a Christian mystic, Reiki healer, and former executive in the high-tech industry. She is also a wife and the mother of eight grown children. And today, we're going to spend some time on how she has tamed her to-do list to finding your true purpose and how God was woven into that. And for those of you who may not believe in God, spirituality, intuition, or whatever you may call it. But without further ado, let's bring on the woman behind it all, Margaret Agard. Hi, Genesis. Good to be here. Looking forward to diving into your topic, Margaret. And thank you for sharing and holding space with me. But before we dive into the meat and potatoes of the segment, I like to have a connection part, which allows the guests to get to know you better personally and professionally, and then allows me to know you too. So, are you in the mood for a rapid fire 10 question game or oh, an sure icebreaker? So yes. <laughs> you want rapid or you want an icebreaker? Um, I, I'll, I'll do rapid. Okay, here <laughs> we go. We're playing rapid fire with Margaret and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. If you could trade places with anyone in the world, would you trade places or remain yourself? I would remain myself. Question two, what's your favorite scripture? Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God. Question three, what's one word to describe you? Introvert. Question four, favorite color? Purple. Question five, would you rather a dream car, dream home, or heck, let's go big and have a boat? Oh, I'd like a boat. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I like that. Question five. Keep me honest here, right? What is your favorite food? Spaghetti and meatballs. Question six. If you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, here's the kicker. You just realized that the pilots are grounded and not flying back to your home base for three weeks. Where are you headed? Oh, Tonga. I think I would go to Tonga. Question seven. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, Margaret, past or present, who would it be and why? You know, I always have a hard time with that question. I honestly don't know who I'd like to talk. Ben Franklin, probably. Yeah, Ben Franklin. He was kind of a flirt and very smart. So, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. and what? so so good with people all that all that compromising and stuff he did yeah okay question a where is your happy place uh, my house my home actually we live on a lake we're out in the middle of nowhere we have four acres i can't see any neighbors this is it yeah 
Question nine, being a mom of eight grown children, what's one piece of advice you would give to a new or seasoned parent? Oh, I, I was a fix it mom. I think I would say just enjoy who they are and really look for what, what's good about them. Just really focus on, you know, their little personalities because they turn out not to change <laughs> if they came out kind of excitable and busy they stay excitable and busy and if they came out kind of calm and you know like what's this they stay that way so yeah and question 10 it is our pass or play question and here are the rules if you pass our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question if you play i ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire so do you want to pass or play i will pass okie dokie what is your question why did you start this podcast genesis i started this podcast out of grief from losing my dad to medical negligence on november 25th 2020 wow and so what are you What's your I know it was one question I'm gonna ask for a second so um you started out of grief and the, I, you were looking for what to come so, from this podcast so yeah. when I started out of grief it was mainly to just kind of share what I was going through because I kept hearing so many sentiments that didn't really resonate with me because you can't tell me you know how how you feel or how I feel when you haven't lost a parent I felt like that was just cliche or you can't just say oh we live to die because you know how would you feel if you were in that predicament so my goal was to just mainly cut through the fluff and just give people real honest dialogue and then once it like started to take off people were really resonated with what I was saying from my solo episodes then people started to reach out to me to be a guest and I kept turning down so many people because I was like no I'm just talking into the mic I'm just being me and then finally the Holy Spirit my intuition and all of that jazz led me to start interviewing people. And then it just kind of took off from there. And now I do a combo of interviews as well as solo segments with the hopes of curating topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational. So those are my core pillars versus niching down. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Genesis. My pleasure. Hopefully that answers your question. It does. And I see you're, you're actually doing that. And I look through your and listen to your podcast. So that's great. So audience, that concludes the connection part of the segment with Margaret. So I hope you learned a little bit more about who she is personally and professionally. Now we're going to dive into the work that she is doing, which is turning those to-do lists into finding your purpose. Because I truly believe that each one of us was born on purpose for a purpose. And if you're not living out your purpose, then you're merely existing versus living life. So Margaret, let's dive into what led you on this journey. The, the way it actually started, I was actually in my 40s and I was had been working as an executive in the high-tech industry and I stopped, dropped back for just a little bit to, so I could finish my university. I had one year left, two semesters, and went full-time and I was a sole financial support for my eight children who were still at home and so, and I was a single mom. And so I um, started like a computer consulting business where I just worked with people. And then um, after I finished my degree, I went back as an executive. But 
here's here is the deal any any of those three things would have been full-time you know to to finish 15 16 credit hours to you know a semester to um being a mom of eight and to having to bring in enough money to support a family of nine that that I knew how to set priorities. Let's just say that as an executive, I knew how to figure out what was critical, what was most important, you know, what to focus on. But what was happening is it seemed like whatever I chose to do, not whatever, but more than once, I would choose to do something, say, finish a paper. And I would spend hours on that. And then I would go to class and it was unlike today where you would, you know, you were expected to put it up, right? And it didn't matter what was going on with the teacher. Then you went to class and handed it in and I would show up and there'd be a note on the door, not every time, but that said, oh, the teacher was sick. Don't worry about handing the paper in until next week. I'd be like, man, I could have used that time differently. I was getting about four hours sleep a night and I was waking up just in this panic every time, like, oh my gosh, what did I leave undone? Or I went to a client site and the client would say, oh, you know, we're completely revamping how we're going to do that. So what we had to work on, forget it. I mean, we'll pay you for it, but we're really changing how it's going to go. I'd be, my gosh, if I just knew the future, that's what I was thinking. If I just knew the future, if I just knew what was happening, I would not be wasting my time on things I thought were critical that weren't. Mm. And then I thought, oh, but I know who does know the future. And I had a relationship with God. And some people think of that relationship with spirit or the kind of their inner um, voice. And I started taking my to-do list every day, which was like overwhelming and just saying, what do I need to do today, God? What do I need to do? That was my question when I started doing it. And, and as I said, at the time, I was getting about four hours sleep a night. And after just a couple of weeks of doing that, um, I would be finished every day by eight. I could relax. I had had enough trust in the answers I was getting to know that I was really just doing what needed to be done. And a lot of times I would cross things off my list and it would turn out there really wasn't any reason something happened that that didn't have to be done. Kind of like, you know, working on a proposal for a client who said we've completely changed what we did, what we want. Yes. Yes. I really just, I, I could finish by eight and I could be relaxed and I didn't wake up in the middle of the night scared to death thinking, what am I leaving undone? Because I, I knew it was in trustworthy hands. I like that. And I'm going to chime in there because I could actually relate to that. Not, not the part of being an executive, but all, but working in a corporate setting, my background's oil and gas and energy. And I spent 12 years in the sector and 15 as total in corporate America, although y'all, I don't look as old as I am, but I am. Um, and working in a male dominated field, whenever you're working full time, and I took night classes in order to finish my undergrad. Plus around the time I had a boyfriend who then became my fiance, who now were were married. And it was like, how do I have time for all of this stuff, especially in a busy, fast paced environment, such as oil and gas, where you better not screw up because I could be costing million dollars a day, depending on what wells we're drilling or what we're doing or whatnot. And my background is actually supply chain and logistics and tech. And you come from high, um, high tech. So you having this massive to do list, having eight children on top of other things that's going on. Was your industry male dominated where you focus? Um, oh, 
Absolutely. I was one of the few women, but you know, I was used to that. I have seven brothers. I have five sons. I, you know, I majored in math. And when I went into engineering, this was in the late sixties, early seventies, I was the only woman in the class. That is not true today, but it was then. And I just was like, oh, well, that's the way it is. And the industry we were in was construction, engineering, and, and architecture. So I was working with us that we supplied systems for those kinds of companies. So then that was all men. I was basically, yeah. Wow. So when you think about that and you think about the work that you're doing and how God has moved you along, what would you say to someone that is struggling to tame their own to-do list because they're like, if I don't get it done, who else is going to get it done? But then they don't necessarily want to relinquish the control to the one who created it all. Isn't that interesting? Because it was difficult in fact, at first. In fact, I actually found that it was best for me to do this the night before. If I waited till the morning, I kind of would wake up in the night thinking about it, right? Like what I was going to do as soon as I get out of bed and I'll get up after I brush my teeth, like that, right? And then, um, so I was like going soon as I got out of bed. So I started doing it the night before, because if I waited till the morning, I either forgot or was irritated. <laughs> I didn't like being micromanaged is how it felt. And also at some point it felt as if it was weakness. Like when I first started doing, I really was desperate, but once it all got under control again, I thought, oh, well, you know, I don't need to bother God with this. But uh, it immediately, I wouldn't say immediately, but it slid back into the same out of control, way too much to do, constantly nervous and anxious about what wasn't getting done. And the second time I started doing it, I asked a different question, which was, what do you want me to do today, God? Not what do I have to do or need to do just to get through and that was, that was when my life really began to change. And I, I'd like to say I found my true purpose because gradually uh, things were taken out of my life that I really didn't need to spend time doing. And things were put into my life that, you know, like I wrote a book. I wasn't planning to write a book, wrote a couple of books. It wasn't on my to-do list. It definitely was not on my 20-year plan. I remarried. That definitely was not on my 20-year plan. And so there was this, oh, okay, um, this God sees me doing something different. Now, what's interesting is he did not say to me, Genesis, I want you to sell everything, go off to India and take care of people dying in the streets. You know, it was, it was much more simple. It was to write a book. It was to often every day he'll give me one or two people he wants me to reach out to, to just make a phone call or stop in. And those kinds of things can be, I don't want to say life-changing, maybe not life-changing, but when you show up when someone's in crisis and they aren't expecting someone to show up, I, I think that helps them feel how loved they are and how cared for they are. And so my purpose often seems to be more with my neighbors and people I know, sometimes strangers instead of going off and starting some big nonprofit or something. Mm, okay, I like that. And I was going to ask a follow-up question to that because whenever you relinquish control and you said, this is what I need to do, and you said, what is it that you wanted me to do? You shift things around. So I also hear how the trajectory shift in your favor and how um, changing word choices and being open to receive also came into the fruition 
which helped you on your purpose, but someone listening in and they're like, okay, Margaret, Genesis, this is all good, but how do I know what my purpose is? Because I'm trying to talk to God. I'm trying to journal. I'm trying to listen for that still small voice. I'm trying to hear signs, but I just still can't pinpoint it or figure it out. How do I know what I'm meant to do while here on earth? I don't think he ever said to me, here's your purpose. It was more as if I was doing these things and I suddenly realized, oh, this is, this is my purpose. <laughs> this is, this is why I'm here. And, and it um, varies. So sometimes, you know, like the books are my purpose. This message is my purpose, this idea. And, and it is in the book, but it, Heavenly Father's like, not everybody's going to read the book. So I want you to get on podcasts. And so I was like, okay. Um, I had a radio show for a while, so I knew I didn't want to do that again. It's a lot of work, Genesis, and I, I uh, honor you for that. It is a lot of work, but simply to be on other people's podcasts. And so it, it's the kind of thing that I'll have a thought and I follow up on it. And so I've been doing that for about a year now. I've been on about a hundred podcasts, so a couple of weeks. And I, you know, people hear this message and I, I believe it does change. They, they start to change. And I think, what if we all got up and every day just ask the question, what do you want me to do today? God or spirit or, you know, universe, what is it that you want me to do? And how much different our world would be? I like that. And it sounds like whenever we start that first thing in the morning versus getting on our phone, checking social media, checking our emails or whatnot. But whenever we're in reverent and communication with God, first thing, making him a priority or making your spiritual being or whatever you choose to worship a priority, then you can hear clearly and clarity comes into it and focus because you're not allowing distractions and the world to get you discom uh, discombobulated because you're just like, okay, you're grateful to wake up to see another day and you're going straight into communication with your creator asking, what is it that you want me to do this day? And then you pause and you listen for that spiritual download. And it's not gonna always be an audible. You may just have an instinct, a gut feeling, some discernment or whatnot, which will lead you in the way that you need to curate your day. And sometimes like, for example, it could be like, if you're driving down the road and something just tells you turn left and you're like, but I always turn right. That could be um, a preventative measure to keep you from an accident, keep you from bottleneck traffic, keep you from a maniac who just opened road rage or whatnot. And you may not even know it, but that's still that's that still small voice or discernment. Or if something tells you, hey, pay for that person in front of you or pay for that person behind you, you may never know that person is down to their last and they were trying to figure out how am I going to buy these groceries for my children at home or how am I going to feed myself? You may never know, but you were a conduit to be a blessing in order for that individual to know that they are seen and heard and that the person that created them loved them so much that they sent them a human vessel to cater to their needs in that it's moment. It's true. It's true. And I think, um, so I would say one of the things I did do in my early 20s is I said, I don't know how to hear your voice. I don't know. I just don't know when I'm hearing it. And, and so I said, could you help me learn? And that is, I had some experiences over the next week where I would have a thought to do something. I would blow it out like oh, I'm not gonna do that like invite this family to dinner that was the first thing that happened I thought no no it's Monday night they just came Friday I mean that's weird 
Like if your friends just came for dinner Friday night, would you call and invite them to come on Monday too? No. I was like, no, I don't think so. And then the thought came again. And um, I thought, well, but you know, Monday night, we really keep just for our family. And we actually do some scripture study with our little kids. And the thought came again, well, invite them to stay for that. And so I thought, oh, is this God? So I did do that. I did do that. And what happened that night when they came to dinner, they said they were out of money. They'd been praying. They needed, um, and, and they had a little bit of money, but they wanted to pay tithing, which is like, but they paid their tithing. So then they didn't have any food. And they said they had invitations to dinner every night that week, except for Monday night, which is the night I felt like I should call them. And so I knew it was an answer to prayer. And so I knew that had to be God's voice. And so I paid attention to what that felt like. And I paid attention to the fact that it was still and small. And I kind of was ignoring it. I was kind of, not just kind of, I was blowing it off. I was like, mm, no, no. And and that I noticed the same thing now. A thought will come, I'll kind of, eh. then it comes again. I think, oh, this is probably God. And and now I've been doing it for like, oh my gosh, I was in my 20s and now I'm 70, so 50 years. And so I've gotten pretty good at it. You know, it's like if you sat down to learn to play the piano, you're not going to start with great balls of fire. You're going to start with twinkle, twinkle, little star. But if you keep doing it, you get better at it. That's how it feels. I got better at it over time. And I love that. And that brings us full circle because that was something that prompted you which was part of your to-do list even though you didn't feel you didn't realize you're like eh, I don't want to do that and I have been guilty I'm like mm, I don't want to call that person they wronged me but then I keep hearing certain scriptures or certain things in movie and sometimes you don't just hear it one time you'll hear it three times and it's like confirmation yes. and you're like okay fine I will do it but then you also have to check your attitude and your posture whenever you do it because are you doing it out of necessity or are you doing it out of love and obedience and that's the hard part because we are all human beings and sometimes it's hard to do the things that you don't want to do. But whenever you think about who's telling you to do it, your reward is going to come and you're not doing it to be rewarded. You're doing it to be obedient because if you're not obedient and you're disobedient in that moment, you're going to keep going through the same test until you pass the test. Yes. And you know, the reason it stops being a test, this is my understanding, is because it's easy now. You know, it was a test because it was hard. And it, they felt like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. It's so hard. It keeps happening. And then eventually you figure it out and you're able to deal with it. And it's the, the things keep happening, but it, it doesn't bother you. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I just, I know how to handle that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it's like for me. But I think the main thing is this idea of doing it every day. And I know there are people who they don't, they don't have to-do lists. They aren't like me. Like, you know, I'm one of those people who, if it's not on my to-do list and I do it, I write it down just so I could check it off that I did it. And, but there are other people who I think what they do is they pray, just guide my steps today. And I expect that works for them, especially if they've learned to pay attention to those thoughts as they come during the day. I know other people who've said, if someone... If I start thinking about someone that I haven't thought about for a long time, I think that's a message to me that I need to reach out to that person. And so they do. 
And then one thing I want to say, because we don't all have to-do lists, sometimes I have a to-do list, but I need to be more uh, conscientious of getting things done. But what I live by is my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, I have a rule of thumb that it's not going to be done because I have to prioritize my schedule. Being a new mom, being a wife, being a sister, an aunt, there's a lot of different hats that I wear on top of, you know, running this pod podcast. And then in January, I'll be launching my radio show again. I was on a six month um, leave of absence, which was amazing because I was like, oh, six months maternity leave. Um, but it's just amazing. And I'm here to tell people like the audience listening, and I'm sure you could resonate with this is sometimes whenever you fail to write things down, and you think about that thought, but if you don't action it right then and there, you're gonna be like, what's that thing again? And you forget it. And then you're ratting your head. But if you would just stop, write it down, whether you're texting it to yourself, which I do sometimes, or putting it on your calendar, because your calendar will send you a reminder, you could do 30 minutes, an hour, however many times for it to remind you. Or you could put it in a notes app on your phone because what's the what's the point of having a thought in your head if you're not going to action it? So it says write the vision and make it plain. So when you have certain ideas, write it down and then you can reflect on those ideas and act upon it as if it was part of your to-do list and consistency is key. And I often, um, you know, because I'm, you know, like type A and always busy, busy, and I, I often will want to add things. And a lot of times the answer I get is not now. This is not your time for this now. Now, I want to say this about you, Genesis. I've heard, I had a friend who said to me, I used to help people, but now I just, I don't have time. The kids, you know, I'm so ugh, taking care of like little toddlers and stuff. And I was thinking about, um, <clears throat> what, John, is it John 25? I think where Christ is talking about, you know, how, the people who who took care of him and he said you know when i was sick you visited me and all that and he was and they're like but when he said well if you took care of someone who was sick and i think about young moms you know it's like i was naked and you clothed me i was hungry and you fed me i was in prison behind the little bars of my crib and you came and got me you know it's like i think that for mothers of young ones or for caregivers for older people um we are living that um commandment that as you have done it unto the least of these my brother you've done it unto me thank you for saying that because it does get hard being a new mom because you're constantly juggling and sometimes like people are like well what did you do all day and I'm like I took care of a little one or or sometimes people want to come over but your house is not in that best of shape because you're so busy during during the week doing all the stuff for for the baby that on the weekends is where you get things done or if you say something like people will mom shame you and I'm like you don't understand it because you're not actually going through what I'm going through and we right. have different lifestyles and it's okay there's no right right or wrong reason to parenthood or motherhood you're doing the best that you can for this individual and you have to give yourself grace and mercy but it's also okay like what I realized as a new mom and being so young it's okay to set up boundaries for yourself and other people because if not people and things will run you ragged and practice self-care because if you're not good for yourself how are you going to be good for those that depend on you right right and part of my self-care is the is meditation at night with god like in the morning i'm doing studying reading scriptures writing my journal i have questions here's what's going on in my life like that and at night i do contemplative or centering prayer where i just sit quietly and just say 
whatever, whatever you want to send me. And sometimes it's nothing. We just sit in silence for 20 minutes or so. But it's been probably the most calming thing I've been able to do to set that time aside. So I want to bring it full, full circle back, Margaret. So whenever you set that, that time aside, and I know you work on your to-do list at night to prompt you for the next day, after you have your quiet time and uninterrupted, is that when you work on your to-do list next? Yes. Okay. And I, it doesn't take long either because I'm like, okay, well, you know, here's some things I know I, I have to get done. And then what, what do you want me to do? A lot of times it's just to call someone. Just, you know, I want you to call this person or that person. And yeah. And, you know, there's, there's the miracle times, but mostly it's just people are grateful that someone called and listened to them. But I have a couple of times, once I was getting ready to go on a trip, I only had about 10 minutes and I'm like, I have 10 minutes. You want 10 minutes? God, it's yours. Right. And he said, okay, call this lady. And I called her. She was so upset. Something terrible had just happened in her life. And she was just going and going. And about five minutes into it, I said, I need you to know I only have like five more minutes because <laughs> I have to catch a plane. And she's like, that's fine. And she kept going. And at the end, she said, thank you. Thank you. I just needed to talk to someone. I, and I remember once it was like, call a cousin. Well, I got 16 cousins. I was like out of the blue, call this particular cousin. You know, I had 10 brothers and sisters. I mean, lots of family so I called her and I mean she could hardly talk she was so upset she said she said I was about to go get a paper bag and breathe into it but after she talked to me for about half an hour about what was going on she was all calmed down so I know these things are from God and you know those now I make plenty of phone calls where none of that happens but you know these are a few that stand out that I, but I don't know it just feels like God is aware of everybody and our connections, and it'll be like you, you call. <laughs> you take care of this. I love that. And as we begin to wind down the segment, Margaret, is there anything I did not ask you about taming the to-do list and finding your purpose that you would like to share with the audience before we jump into the CTA, which is the call to action? No, I think we've covered it. The main thing, I, the only thing I wish I'd done is I wish I'd started sooner. That's all. I, I wouldn't have been as busy. I would have been more relaxed. I would have been a better mother. And I just think, oh my gosh, what if I started in my 20s? That would have been amazing instead of in my 40s. <laughs> hey, you know, it says that he will give us back the time that the canker worm stole. So even though you started in your 40s versus your 20s, you never know how God is going to have those Kairos moments, which are God-appointed timing versus those chronos moments which is chronological timing so just keep that in mind and now let's jump into the cta the call to action what is your call to action for the audience once they hear this segment well i wish they would do two things one is um look, consider getting my book it's not very long and i also have it as an audio tape it's in his footsteps steps i gave my to-do list to god and you can find it you know at the, all the standard places but especially, of course, Amazon as a Kindle, as a paperback, as an audiobook. And I have a website, inhisfootsteps.com, and it pops up with a little newsletter. And so I'm working on my third memoir, and the newsletter comes out once a month. It doesn't come out more often than that because I'm old and tired. So that's it. You get once a month. I don't spam you. And I include a couple of stories in it, and it's very short, and I'm keeping people updated on when that third book comes out. 
Amazing. And thank you for all that you do. And are you on any social media channels, Margaret? Mostly Facebook and Instagram. I'm okay. on the other, but I hardly ever go there. Perfect. And all of that is backlinked on your website, inhisfootsteps.com, yes. right? Yes. Perfect. And there you have it, audience. You just heard Margaret Agar, and she talked about how to tame your to-do list and find your purpose. And once again, I said, if you are alive and you are living without your purpose, then you're merely existing. There is something that you are meant to do. So step outside of your comfort zone, find clarity, find focus, and go out and do that thing that makes you leave an imprint in order to drive an impact for you to be a world changer because you are uniquely created for such a time as this. And there's no other person that can accomplish what you were destined to do. So I'm going to need you to, and I like to say pop because it's prepared on purpose. That's coined by me, y'all. And just set yourself up for success because we need each other. And without you doing what you're called to do, who knows when the next person is going to get unleashed from the chains or the bondage that's holding them up, metaphorically speaking. We're in a marathon, not a sprint, and you need to pass a baton. And you can pass a baton when you tap into who you are and who you're called to be in order to help somebody else. Until next time, make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. We're also on YouTube for the video content. It's Gems with Genesis Amaris Kent. And this show is currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts. And my big ask is for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsorship because it does take resources to continue the mission and movement to bring you content that's educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in DEIMB which is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging because it's a community. And when we come together, we blow this place up in a good way because we're linking arms and going further and faster. So until the next time and next guest, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Signing out, Miss Genesis Amaris Kent and Margaret Agard. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.